I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. Hey, how you doing, podcats? Adam Buxton here. Once again, I'm recording this in the dark. Even though it's not very late at night, it's only about 6pm, but the sun is down, uh, Rosie's up ahead. When I did last week's intro for Greta Gerwig, it was also night time. And when I got back to the house, Rosie wasn't there. She'd shot off somewhere. My wife, my wife, was very annoyed. My wife was annoyed. She thought it was irresponsible of me to come back without the dog. I said to my wife, do not worry, my wife. She is a clever dog. She will come back. You wait and see. My wife was not so sure. (laughs) How could you come back without Rosie? So she's fine. She's a dog. She's got laser eyes. She can smell everything from about five miles away. She'll come back when she wants to. She's out there having a brilliant, brilliant time. Anyway, my wife sighed with profound irritation, put on her coat and her head torch and trudged out into the night to try and locate Rosie and do some shouting in the dark. I went out to help her after a little while because I could hear her She's got various special calls for Rosie. And I thought, oh boy, I'd better go and help, I guess. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to be in the doghouse with Rosie later on. But there's always that fluttery feeling of, boy, I hope she is okay. hope she hasn't got set upon by some junky rabbits or something. So I went out, and almost as soon as I went out to to join my wife... uh, I met her coming back down the path with Rosie boinging about with a huge grin on her face. Oh, my God, you're not going to believe what I've just been doing. It was so cool. It was really dark. I met loads of weirdos, and it was so exciting and different from, like, just going out for a walk during the day. It was brilliant. But you're not doing that tonight, Rosie, Okay. Anyway, listen, podcasts. let me tell you a little bit about episode number 65 which features a highly amusing conversation with British comedian and actor Diane Morgan. I think I first saw Diane on Charlie Brooker's satirical TV review Weekly Wipe, where Diane appears as the entertainingly clueless but opinionated Philomena Kunk, who sometimes interviews real people on a variety of subjects, as well as holding forth in uh, monologue form along with Barry Shitpeas. And as Philomena, Diane has also presented the standalone specials Kunk on Christmas and Kunk on Shakespeare. Diane is also one of the stars of the BBC sitcom Motherland. And during our conversation, I asked her if she had any children and then acknowledged that sometimes that question can rub people up the wrong way. I suppose... 
not having met Diane before, I was just anxious not to offend um, and was hedging my bets a little bit. As you will hear, however, the whole concept of giving or taking offence, which preoccupies so many of us these days, is not something that Diane seems overly concerned with. So we bounced from one subject to another and towards the end of our conversation, Diane shared a story that she'd read about a tapeworm that may not be the best accompaniment for your lunchtime or romantic podcast dinner or I'm just giving you a little tapeworm trigger warning there. But we began by critiquing the DVD collection of my friend Mark in whose house we were recording not so long ago at the beginning of this year, 2018. You will hear that very shortly. I'll be back for more waffling at the end of the podcast. Details of brand new bonus audio on the app, uh, a couple more podcast recommendations, etc. But right now, here we go. has uh, come over to my friend's shelf and she's going to assess the kind of person that she's dealing with by well, we've got kids, haven't they? so looking we'll, at the we'll DVDs. We'll those ones out. I won't blame them for those. Mad Men? Yeah, you can blame them for that. That was all right, wasn't it? Mad Men. Well, it was all right, but it wasn't the greatest, was it? I met it? John Hamm did the you? other week. How was that? Really weird. Yeah, why did you meet him? Weirdly, he was at a pub quiz that I was at. And someone said to me, do you want to come over and meet John Hamm? I said, why? I mean, obviously, yes, you know, because I've seen Mad Men and he was in it. And I saw him and he, he's very striking looking, isn't he? Yeah. Like a sort of weathered mannequin, he looked like. Uh-huh. A beautiful weathered a mannequin. A beautiful mannequin that had been left out in a skip overnight. And mm. And smelt of booze. <laughs> what, what did you chat about? Not much. I mean, what can you say to John Hamm? We're from very different worlds. Yeah. What kind of pub quiz are you it going to? It was an incredible pub. It was mainly sort of comedy writers. Okay. And I think he's a bit of an anglophile, isn't he? Yes, because he did Matt Berry's show, didn't he? Toast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it was going to be someone else initially, wasn't it? How could you have someone else other than John Hamm? I know, I think he's sort of cornered the market, hasn't he? And, uh, in uh, and some man weathered roles. mannequins. <laughs> weathered mannequin roles. <laughs> I think that's a very good I'm way like, of describing it. I don't know what to, um, what to make of these. Fellini. Right. Fellini. You've got Fellini next to Barbie. Quite right. Yeah. Which Barbie is it? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Who cares about Fellini? Classic. Oh, Dancing 12 Dancing Princess. Princesses. Yeah, it's always a classic, isn't That's it? a very good one. My daughter was into these. 
and there was oh. nothing I could do to wean her off. Well, why are you weaning her off? Why are you weaning her off? Let her discover her own taste. Who cares yeah, if she likes Barbie yeah. and pink things? Let her have a gun and let her have a Barbie. They're not good. They're not good films. Um, and you feel as a parent, you feel as a parent that you have to make some kind of comment. You have to say, you know, other films are available. I'm not going to say, don't watch that. It's total yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say, that's great. But did you know there are other films as well? And you know what? They must have much more shit than we had. I mean, when I was growing up, the flumps, morph. I like the wombles. flumps too. Oh, how can you not like the flumps? My first ever ironic TV conversation. Yeah was about the flumps. Yeah. And I it was at a kid's party, and I remember it clearly. I was yeah. about nine, yeah. eight or nine, and I was saying, oh, yeah, you watch the flumps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a load of crap, isn't it? I had an ex-boyfriend who was like eight years younger than me. He missed out on the flumps. I remember talking about the flumps, and he said, what's the flumps? <laughs> and I knew it was all over. Do the theme. Right. Were they? Yes. Well, I mean, you can know. You, can you name any films? They were better than Barbie, weren't they? I would they? say. I, I agree with Mr. you. Mr. Ben. Oh, that, that was just straightforwardly good, though, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Well, this is the thing. And kids now, I think all their stuff is shit. Yeah. And when I say kids, I mean, like, anyone under 38. <laughs> all sort of the culture is shit now, isn't it? Music, comedy. Everything is shit. I sort of feel sorry for them. But then they don't know. They don't know any better. Yeah. Surely there must be some hipster making a Mr. Ben movie. I don't think there is. Because in a post-Paddington universe, we know that it is possible to do a decent kids film reboot. Is it CGI? Paddington, yes. Have you not seen it? No, I won't watch CGI. Well, I had this conversation with Joe on our Christmas podcast because we, we talked to the director, Paul King, who used to direct The Boosh. Yeah. And when he was in production with Paddington, we were saying, is it going to be CG? And he said, yeah. And we were like, oh, that's going to be terrible. CG? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, CGI. Oh, CGI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You really love that eye. Yeah. Anyway, it turned out to be good. He's done it really well. Give over. Come on, it's good. It is good. Is it? Yeah. Even I mean, Paddington I, I 2 is good. I have heard a couple of people say, do you know what? It's all right. It's I'm funny. Right. It's warm-hearted. Yeah. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants warm now, don't they? I don't need warm. You don't need sitcoms to be warm or characters to be warm. Yeah. I think the more nasty and angry, the better. Right. The Ice Maiden. Yeah. There's a lot of... They used to put, like, silent comedies on during the day when I was a kid as well. I don't think they do that anymore. Silent comedies? Like Black yeah, and White? Yeah, like, I like uh, Laurel and Hardy and... Uh, Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd. He was good. Harold Lloyd. He wasn't Barbie, was he? Harold Lloyd. No, yeah. he was really good. Weener onto Harold Lloyd. Yeah. Once she's got this whole Barbie thing... She's very system. resistant... Anyway, she can go whichever way she is likes. She's doing the whole pink thing. She is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. she's coming out of it. Actually, she'd be offended if yeah. she was characterised no, that I way. I went now. through the pink thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Did you feel you were being culturally browbeaten? No. <laughs> when you were five. I just like pink. Yeah. Something happens to a girl's brain. I think it's just. That's controversial. You just think You're pink's on controversial great. territory. I don't care. Pink. Holy I loved. Christ. I just loved pink. Patriarchy. It's forcing you to like pink. 
over it, though. Yeah. I mean, if I was still liking pink, then obviously something's gone wrong. I like pink. Do you? Yeah, my bike, my Brompton is pink. Really? Yeah, I love Pale it. Pale pink or bubblegum pink? Bubblegum pink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To the extent that it gets comments quite regularly. And people, I can see that people are trying not to say, that's a girl's colour. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And every now and again, they do. People yeah. just said, in fact, when I bought it, the person that sold it to me, who was herself, I believe, identifying as female, yeah. said, oh, OK, you want the pink one? I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, light, light pink. She said, you know, that is a girl's colour. No way. She yeah, said that. She actually said that. So I didn't get into it with her. I felt very angry and offended, obviously. How are we doing on the DVDs? I um, mean, it's fine, isn't it? There's a lot of kids. Have you stuff. seen? Do you like Fellini though? Know, we ignored Fellini. Fellini. Fellini um, is unwrapped. This I is a box set that I is. I don't think I've watched one Fellini film. I mean, that's the most the famous one, isn't it? Dolce Vita. Yeah. Which is wading around in the Trevi Fountain. Like oh, friends. Like friends. Yeah. Like, like the title sequence. Um, what else? Oh, there's nothing got? here for me. I was going to ask you what your favourite film was. Favourite film? Yeah. Not in May. Not, it's not in really May. a film, is it? It's a screenplay. Yeah. But I was not in May. I don't think I've enjoyed anything more than not in May. Every single line of it is just perfect. Uh, Who directed that again? Mike Lee. Mike Lee, of yeah. course. Have you not seen it? Years ago. I haven't seen it recently. I've got to see it again. I know that it's a touchstone for many comedians. Brilliant. I like With Nell and I. Oh, God, that's good. If you don't find With Nell and I funny, then there's no hope for you, I think. Right, exactly, right. I watched it the other day and it's still very funny. Yeah. I watched, I've seen yeah, it quite a few times. Yeah, every 10 years I'll watch it. I think, nope, it's still funny. The Monty, how do you get on with the Monty stuff? I love which, the Monty stuff. I love all of it. At the time, though, it was very controversial because even at the time, like when it came out, what was it, mid 80s, late 80s? Even then, I remember people saying, this is well homophobic, this character. Oh, right. I've seen a Q&A with Bruce Robinson, the director, recently. And actually, he addressed all that and he talked about it. He talked about how obviously it's a period piece yeah so it's set in the 60s and there's a lot of stuff in it that's fairly edgy it yeah. was edgy in the 80s when it came out it's even yeah. more jarring now yeah it's some so of the language of that is now, used yeah yeah how do you feel do you feel you have to watch yourself no <laughs> i can pretty much get away with saying anything have you ever got in trouble doing and saying stuff uh, no not in trouble no I think it, it, especially if you play an idiot, people just assume that you're. Oh, it's, it's like a, it's like being an old lady. You know, you can say what you like because people go, "Oh, she's no harm," <laughs> you yeah. know. But um, I tweeted something the other day about boxing Jacob Rees Mogg's teeth out on uh-huh. Twitter uh, for sport relief, and you think it's a fairly innocuous tweet. All these people start coming up, oh, typical lefty, you know, resorting to violence. It's just a joke. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I've noticed something I can pretend to be angry about. It's just pathetic. Do you not judge people? When was the last time you judged someone? I love judging people. (laughs) Put them in boxes. (laughs) Judging all the time as I walk down the street. Yeah. Big judger. High court judge. Tell you what, Jewel, that's a great film. Jewel. Jewel. Duel. Duel. D-U-E-L. Did I say jewel? Well, that's how D-duel. one would say. Duel. Is that better? Duel. 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 That I is a good that. film. Spielberg. I only saw that two years ago. First, well, one of his first movies, a TV <gasps> yes. movie originally that ended up brilliant. getting a theatrical release. It Absolutely was so brilliant. Yeah. 
Describe the uh, plot of Duel for someone who hasn't seen it. It's a bloke driving around in a car. There's a big lorry parping at him every now and then. Ah, ah. That's it really, isn't it, in a nutshell? Yeah. You think I should do film 2018? Yeah, I like that. Will you do Get synopsis? rid of Winkleman. Is, she, is Winkleman still doing it? <laughs> Probably. Is there, is there a vacancy? All right, do... Um, you, you now have to do a summary of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Do you know what? This is going to be controversial. Never watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow. Never seen it. I, I mean, don't it's... intend to. It's like a right load of rubbish. <laughs> it's a flying car, is it? Yeah. Who's that? Who is that? Oh, it's Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. He's still alive, isn't he? Dick Van Dyke? Old Van Dyke, yeah. He might be. He definitely is, mate. Is he? Yeah. How do you know? He's in his 90s. He's one of Mel Brooks's friends. Oh. Because there's only a few of them left, isn't there? So yeah, they yeah. all meet up and have coffee. How do you know about Mel Brooks and his friends? Are you keeping I've tabs? I read an article about Mel Brooks and he said all his friends have died. It's quite sad. Mm. He said the only ones that are still alive are ancient and one of them was Dick Van Dyke. DVD. Yeah. Or DVD. Good one. Well, it's a very uh, durable format. Yeah. That's a useless Jean joke. de Florette. That's, uh, that's a good film. Yeah. Give us the synopsis. French bloke. Does he grow some veg? I've forgotten. <laughs> and then the the rain doesn't come and his veg goes to shit. Is that uh, what happens? Something like that. You see, that's not how I would have. It's a good film. I remember thinking this John is a good film. <laughs> and that was a great film. Yeah, that is good. I, I can watch remember. that again. What happened? It's quite sad. Yeah, it was sad, wasn't it? What yeah. happened to his vegetables? Isn't it that they are trying to steal water? There's a well and they're fighting over who gets to use the water from the well. So there's no vegetables. I mean, the vegetables are affected, but it's not I remember mainly vegetables. about vegetables. I don't it's think. It doesn't show vegetables either on the cover. No. I've completely misremembered it. Yeah. Avatar? Not seen it. Come, what are you doing? Are you just watching good things? I don't watch CGI stuff. What's your problem? Why are you it's racist against CGI? It's boring, isn't it? You can do anything with CGI. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Stop frame animation. Oh, now I'm in. You like limitations? Yes. Something made out of foam. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Computers. Yeah, they can do anything. Big deal. I mean, if you see something impressive now in a film, you just say, oh, it's CGI, is it? I expect it to be brilliant. But if, he's, if it's just a man on his own, he's made it all that sponge. Brilliant. <laughs> I watch it. Is that real melody? Evan's in my phone charger. What? What? I left it right there. What? Did you see it? What? Have you got it? What? Where's my charger gone? Where's my phone charger? What? The battery is about to die. It was on the table. Round and round in their heads go the chord progressions, the empty lyrics, and the impoverished fragments of tune. And boom goes the brain box at the start of every bar. At the start of every bar. Boom goes the brain box. Are you all 
are you a warrior? I was talking about this the other day, weirdly. I used to be really nervous. And then one day, second year at drama school, I was so exhausted by worry that I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And then I realised that I could just make the decision not to worry. Just like that, and I, I completely changed. I didn't worry about anything anymore. I wasn't shy, I wasn't nervous. Overnight, I was just fine. Isn't that weird? I've never heard anyone no, say that No, it's like before. I did a sort of Darren Brown on my own mind. That's amazing. Can you remember what you were worrying about when you made the decision that it had to stop? Yeah, you had to do speeches in front of people and talk about yourself and very sort of revealing things that you have to do at drama school. Embarrassing things, especially if you're from Bolton. Everything's embarrassing. <laughs> and so I just I just get really nervous all the time. And I was so exhausted by nerves. I just wonder, I thought, I can't do this. Right, I'm just not. And I just dropped it all. And I was, I was never nervous since. Why are things embarrassing in Bolton? Things aren't embarrassing in Bolton. Things like uh, when I came down south, like, and I went to drama school, and people would just walk up to you and start massaging you. And I'd be like, get off, what are you doing? Don't touch me. And reading poetry, things like that, it's all a bit embarrassing. You know <laughs> what? what I mean? It's like a yeah. bit namby-pamby and awkward. It just wasn't me. Where did you go to drama school? He's 15. For my sins. Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's one of those sort of weird methody schools where at the time in your second year they'd make you go to Epping Forest and pretend to be Jews and Nazis. <laughs> 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 for like two weeks yeah. you'd stay in character. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, I was a Jew. Yeah. And so we get woken up at like three o'clock in the morning and had to walk around on our hands and knees barking like dogs and things. Flipping egg tucker. Yeah, it was really... Uh, and I, and I thought, you... this is rubbish. How embarrassing. Again, this is just... Oh, Did they call it Jews and Nazis? <laughs> no, <laughs> the War Project. The was War what Project. It was called. But you know what? I think it sort of works. But by the end of it, you, you sort of believe what's happening because everyone else is acting and, and it goes on for so long that you, you it's, it's sort of like a form of brainwashing. Well... Did you ever read about Stanley Milgram's prison experiments? No, what was that? Hello! Fact-checking Santa here! The Stanford University prison experiment of August 1971 was an attempt to investigate the psychological effects of perceived power, focusing on the struggle between prisoners and prison officers, played by college students. It was conducted by a research group led by psychology professor Philip Zimbardo, not Stanley Milgram. Stanley Milgram conducted an experiment which demonstrated the readiness of many people to perform acts conflicting with their personal conscience when instructed to do so by an authority figure. In this case, obeying instructions to administer what they believed were real electric shocks to fake participants. Merry Christmas! <laughs> and people inhabited their roles so completely that they had to stop the experiment because the prison guards were getting really brutal. Yeah. And out of hand. And well, just... that's what happened. Is that what ours. happened? Yeah, the, the power sort of went to, to their heads and people had to step in. Yeah, it was very strange. It's brainwashing, isn't it? Is it brainwashing or it's is it just... It's a kind of brainwashing. It's just giving people licence to exercise their worst impulses. Mm, it's giving people a, an excuse to behave like a Nazi. Yeah. And well, it's, did you, you didn't go to drama school, did you? No, I didn't, no. I think I would have liked to. I went to art school, which is not totally dissimilar. Mm. So you are encouraged to yeah. do whatever and yeah. be weird and experimental and pretentious. Yeah. 
which actually didn't happen enough for my taste. <laughs> I, I was hoping there was going to be a Brilliant. lot more of it, yeah. So was it quite nutty, your drama yeah. school? Yeah, a lot of method stuff. You don't have to stay in character. Is, is that part of the method, yeah, staying in character? Yeah, you have to stay in character, yeah. So yeah, you but did... how do they know if you're popping in and out of character? <laughs> right. I was going to ask you about Philomena Kunk yeah. and how you do those, because we used to yeah. do a little bit of that sort of fake interview stuff yeah. when me and Joe did our TV show. Yeah. I did a character called Ken Corder, yeah. who was like a kind of Melvin Bragg meets Philip Schofield, I don't know. <laughs> and so I would do, uh, you know, South Bank show style interviews with people like Pat Sharp. It's quite fun, isn't it? It is fun, but I always found so it... So they didn't know that you were putting a character on, or did they know and just play along? Is that... This is what I was going to ask you. Yeah. It was obvious with me, because right. I had a, a stupid wig. Right. I had a wig that looked a bit like Michael Fabricant. Have you ever seen that MP? Yeah. <laughs> So it was absolutely clear. And we would say before, you know, I wouldn't say everything that was coming up, but I would explain mm -hmm. generally what the deal was. And I just said, you know, we just want you to respond as realistically as possible. Mm. But do you stay in character? Do you orientate them or do you just... I like to stay in character because otherwise it's weird going, hello, I'm Diane. Yeah. I'll be playing, you know. We're just going to have just a little bit of fun. And just do it. Right. Mm. But then don't you have moments where you really want to reassure them? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like to make the feel as uncomfortable as possible. I genuinely think it makes for a better interview if someone's a bit uncomfortable. But it's great fun. I absolutely love it. It's my favourite thing to do. You must have enjoyed uh, interviewing people. Uh, I did, but... but Don't you, you think it would have been more fun if you'd have... I couldn't have done it. Really? Why not? Because my impulse is to... Be assured. Reassure and try and put people at ease. Yeah. I don't like seeing people uncomfortable. I like I like watching... <laughs> That's where we differ. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done any that just were not usable because they, they just... Yeah, yeah. We've done a couple that were unusable because they were... Um, the people were actually too nice and would laugh. And if people laugh, it sort of... It, it sort of breaks the, the spell bursts, a bit. It's just yeah. like, oh, oh, I can't, I can't sort of use that. If someone's smiling and laughing, it's like, oh, we can't use that. <laughs> so I think a couple of times we've had to redo an interview with someone much more miserable. Yeah. Have you ever got rattled doing those kinds of things? Do you ever... What do you mean rattled? I mean, do you ever just get freaked out and bottle it? No, I think there have been a couple of, of people that have got quite angry because it's their, it's their special subject, isn't it? And you're sort of tramping all over it. We did a, an episode on Churchill. And we got a Churchill expert in. And we were making up all kinds of bollocks about Churchill. And I think even though the guy must have known that it was a joke, he just he sort of hated the fact that we were not listening. Yeah, but it makes for a good interview, though, I think. Mm. When you're talking, your voice reminds me sometimes of Marky e. Smith. Lovely Marky e. Smith. <laughs> he wasn't from Bolton, though, was he? He was from no, Salford. Perilously close. Was it um, Presswitch or something like that? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, Barry, I don't know. Something Were like you that. a fan? Very big fan, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I really like some of the music. Uh -huh. <laughs> but him as a person, I just found him really funny. yeah. I think there's there's a clip of uh, John Peel's died and they get him on to to talk about it. Have you seen it? I think it's like a news night. Yeah, news night. 
and uh, God, he's so funny on it because he's just totally himself and he genuinely, I think, doesn't care what people think about him and how he comes across. Hmm. And I think in this day and age, it's really refreshing to see someone like that. I don't think there is anyone else. No, I'm trying to think, like, who genuinely doesn't give a shit? I think it's very hard to maintain a career these yeah. days. I suppose Morrissey seems not to give a he shit. He does, though. I'm sure he does. Yeah, I get the feeling that, that I think he he's does a ball of rage about a... how everyone thinks about him. He's always trying to manage it. Yeah. And uh, but what what I hate is when people say, "Oh, I, I can't can't listen to Morris's music now," because they don't agree with certain things that he says. But I, I, you know, let him have his opinions. It's Morrissey. <laughs> I sort of think it's Morrissey, though. Do you not think? I think people find it harder and harder to to enjoy the music because of, to differentiate between the yeah. art and the artist. You know, I suppose if he was a an out and out Nazi, then it'd be hard to listen to. The Smiths. Yeah, if um, he'd... That's the thing, isn't it? There's a difference between just what you may consider wrong-headed opinions and actually going out and, uh, you know, hurting other people. Mm, I don't think he's ever like done if that. if you went out tomorrow on, on a killing spree... Yeah, then it would... People would you would, still be able to listen to The Smiths and enjoy it? If Morrissey went out on a killing spree... Yeah. It would be harder, wouldn't it? Not for me. Would it not? <laughs> no, I, don't, I genuinely don't think it would. I could still separate the man from the music... If he killed your Honestly. whole family. Oh, different. That's different. <laughs> People I don't know, I'm still listening, secretly. To music, to be honest. Were you not? No, even as a teenager, I was not. I was always into comedy. Uh-huh. I was obsessed with comedy. So there was never any room for music. And what was the comedy that you were obsessed by? Um, Hancock. I think that was... Uh, my dad got me into Hancock's Half Hour and said, you should watch this, it's really good. And uh, I watched it, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. This really miserable man, and his face is just... Incredible. I still think it's one of the best things I've ever seen. That probably had the biggest effect on me. Peter Cook. I always thought Peter Cook was incredible. I was genuinely upset about Peter Cook dying because you you like these people that sort of pop up every so often and, and make a comment on things that are happening and we don't have anyone now that's saying anything that interesting. There's nothing that you would swap at school that, you know, your parents wouldn't like you're listening to everything's sort of clean and yeah middle of the road well what happens now is that just me getting old i maybe a bit of that do you think but what's the great cutting edge stuff now that you think kids are listening to 
They're listening to YouTubers, aren't they? It's their stuff on YouTube. I'm thinking of stuff that my children are into that Mm. they've shown me that I thought was good. Key and Peele. Oh, yeah, Key and Peele. Yeah, they're good. Eric Andre. I don't know him. He's pretty funny. Yeah. People like that, I suppose. Mm. But the thing about a lot of edgy stuff now is that it gets politicised and it gets um, bracketed, like even in comedy, a lot of stuff has ended up being adopted by the kind of alt-right lot, Mm. the little right-wing nerds, especially in America. Mm. When we were growing up, I think that Pete and Dud stuff, you never even thought about politics. No, no. Really? It was just in its own insane universe. Mm. Have you listened to that recently, the stuff where Peter Cook's really giving Dudley Moore a hard time? And really laying into him. When they're recording um, Derek and Clive. Yeah. What, Get the Dudley's horn, I think Dudley's come back from LA, hasn't he? Right. So he's all tanned and basking in his sex symbol glory. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like Peter Cook's genuinely annoyed by him. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And he's quite drunk, isn't he? And, yeah. And really lays into him. After he died, I remember there were a few people writing pieces about, oh, he wasted his talent. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. He drank it away and he you know, he had Maybe so much potential. Yeah, I just think, what? Because I mean, he, he peaked really early, didn't he? Uh-huh. The establishment club and all that. And he, he did so much so early. But I think he just, he did what he wanted when he felt like doing something. Hmm. Because he used to ring up radio stations, didn't he? Yeah. Talk radio's characters and stuff. Just... For his own amusement. LBC and places like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think... He didn't seem that interested in doing anyone else's stuff or he'd just do things on his own terms when he felt like it. And you always get the best stuff when you do that. If you do things for yourself or for your mates, it's always going to be much better than for this imaginary audience written for a you know Channel 4 audience between the ages of that. It's never going to work, is it? So have you not plotted out your career and you're not going to try and get a sitcom in America and all that? I've never been interested in going to America. Have you? Uh, I would be lying if I said I was never interested in it because I I grew up being such a fan of all things American. Oh, did you? Yeah, quite a lot. And just thinking that it was glamorous and cool. And I remember going around with a bunch of girls at school and talking in American accents. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. It was weird, wasn't it? Did you not hang around with people and do accents? No. Oh, that was a thing no. when I was at school. Everyone talking in accents. <laughs> and all the cool girls were doing American. I was like, I'm going to hang around That's with really them. really weird. What kind of programs were you emulating? You know, just junk, like Six Million Dollar Man and The A-Team and right. even Dukes of Hazard and things like that. Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, more or less totally right. indefensible programming <laughs> by today's standards. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've never never been interested in cracking America. Mm. There's not that much comedy. I always like Woody Allen, controversial. Mm-hmm. I like Larry David. But apart from that... You're not thinking, oh, I've got to get out there, I've got to meet Judd Apatow, I've got to get introduced no, to Larry David, be no. in the next Larry David project. Oh, don't get me wrong, if Larry David rang up, I'd be off. Yeah, sure. But, but not, anyone else, I... Not going out not to do pilot season? No, 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 I never do pilot season. I'd no. I'm not going to... Occasionally you'll get asked to do some American pilot and do an American accent. I won't do that. <laughs> just, it just feels so wrong. Just, feels, just get an American. What are you asking me to do an American accent for? Yeah. 
They've got so many Brits now in American shows, especially on Netflix. I was watching Have this they? thing what, the other playing day. Playing butlers and stuff. No, playing Americans. Doing really? A- doing accents. Yeah. And there's a show called Godless, which I started watching on Netflix the other day. Oh yeah. Quite good. About it's like a western, and it's a little town. And all the men in the town, or most of the men, have died in a mining accident. So now the town is being run by basically the women who are left. Right. They're really good characters that you get to like quite quickly. And then another mining company moves in and they want to sort of buy the rights to the local mine off the women. And mm. Anyway, there's lots of Brits in that. Is it funny? Uh, no, it's, oh. it's sort of serious. It's got some funny moments. But it's really entertaining. Oh, I'll give it a watch. And all the Brits in there, there's at least three Brits, I can't think of any of the names, but they all do uh, They all do the accent. But I was thinking, like, that's one of the easier accents to do, don't you think? Like what, gen- American? Generic, generic cowboy. American. Generic cowboy. Uh, Come on. Well, I can't, don't think I could do yes, it. Yes, you can. Come on. Otherwise, no, you're not going to get this part in the new... I don't want it. Larry like David Weston. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Well... <laughs> I mean, well, everyone can go, well. Well, that's all you need to do. Is that it? I can do that then. Well, I, I pretty much... <laughs> that's, that's good. That's You've good. got the part. I pretty much... Uh, this is embarrassing. Oh, it's great. Come on. Come might, on. It's probably someone might hear this. Michelle Dockery, she's in it. She was in Downton Abbey. Jack O'Connell. Uh, Jeff Daniels is in it, but he's a real American. Anyway, I know that Jack oh. O'Connell and Michelle Dockery are not American, and they're doing... Well, Diane... <laughs> I rode into town yesterday. I got to say, I saw you coming, and mm-mm, it was a pretty wonderful sight. Shit. Uh, I wonder if you if you want to just climb on up onto my horse, we can <laughs> we can ride over. This is not good. It's no, slipping. I think it's good. When Sounds I was watching it, I was here. thinking, God, I'm really, I could nail this. I could get Yes, this. I think you could do it. But if I went on tape with what I just did, I wouldn't be getting another call. It depends. If I, get, if I had some lines, yeah. then that would be good. Come on, do some um, cowboy things. Cowboy things? What do you mean, cowboy things? Pretend you're in a cowboy thing. I'm not going to pretend I'm in a cowboy thing. Yes, yeah, otherwise no, you're not going no, to America. No. All right. I don't, don't want to go to America. Well. I'll go up for a holiday. <sighs> Have you been to America on holiday? Yes. Where did you go? New York. That was nice. Did you love it? Loved it. What did you do? I went and saw um, Woody Allen play the clarinet. Did you really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Are you that big a fan? Yeah, why not? Well. <laughs> <laughs> when did you go? Oh, it was it's a few years ago. Yeah. It was about, I don't know. Um, oh, God, it must have been nearly 10 years ago now. Oh, okay. Well, that was more or less. I mean, it wasn't um, pre all the allegations, but it was before they'd begun to yeah. really blow up. I'd see him now. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went to LA. Uh-huh. Said at the Roosevelt. Oh, I've That's, been there. It's great. It's supposed to be haunted, isn't it? By the ghost of Marilyn Monroe and what's the other fella? Diane is doing the uh, trumpet, trumpet mime. What's he called? Louis Armstrong? No. That would be good, though, wouldn't it? Waking up during the night yeah. and seeing Louis Armstrong. <laughs> I see. Uh, I never saw anyone, though, did you? Ghost wise? Yeah. No, I didn't see any ghosts. I saw... Oh, I can't remember anyone's name these days. She was in Natural Born Killers. I don't think I saw it. Do, 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 do. 
for fuck's sake. This I love is it when me. people do that, that little incidental music, provide their own incidental music. Yeah, do you not? No, I'm happy with uh, silence. You see, you and I are... That's where we differ. We're opposite, yeah. I'm yeah, because you, you don't like the awkward. You, you're yeah. trying to make it less awkward by going... I'm trying to please, yeah. I'm trying to ingratiate. You do it on the phone a lot, yeah. I don't make too many phone calls. I've got a Pilates teacher now. I've changed. And she can't bear silence, so... Every now and then she'll go. Doo, 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 ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Try to um, really get into that stretch. Doo, 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 ba, 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 ba. <laughs> you don't need to do that. It's fine. Silence is Enjoy fine. Enjoy the silence. Enjoy the silence. It's fine. Just noticed, that's all. I'm enjoying the silence. Yeah, see? None of us is getting hurt. Is it awkward for you? A little bit. Ah. Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis. I saw her in the Roosevelt. She's a big Scientologist. Oh dear. Oh dear. Mm. So I went and said hello. Did you? She was really nice, but she had the Scientology tricks, which either you consider Scientology tricks or they're just basic manners and charisma. Yeah. What shooting hot lasers through her eyes? Exactly. Yeah. Keeping eye contact, fixing eye contact, staying with it. Clasping the hand. Yeah, double hand the hand on top. Yep, 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 yep. Sealing the name in. Exactly. But Lovely you know, to meet you, Adam. It has been pointed out to me by some Scientologists yeah. that, you know, that's not peculiar to Scientology. Oh, that's just, that's just uh, techniques that good manners. might work well for anyone, regardless of their insane religious right. beliefs. Yeah. We're halfway through the podcast. I think it's going really great. The conversation's flowing like it would between a geezer and his mate. All right, mate. Hello, geezer. I'm pleased to see you. Ooh, there's so much chemistry. It's like a science lab of talking. I'm interested in what you said. Thank you. There's fun chat and there's deep chat. It's like Chris Evans is meeting Stephen Hawking. You don't have children, right? No. Can't bear them. Can't bear them, yeah. she says, sounding yeah. like her character in Motherland. Motherland. Yeah, never wanted them. Did you not? No. Uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always thought when I was younger, I always thought, oh, uh, I don't want kids, but maybe that'll change when I get older. Yeah. But it hasn't, not for a fleeting second. Right. But I think, you know, some people... Ooh. That's uh, an Excuse email from me. social services. Saying that it's people like you. But <laughs> well, it'd be wrong for me to feel like this and bring a child into the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> to be sort of misanthropic. Yeah. To say, I don't, they're not for me. But yeah. that's why I'm here, so I better pop one out. <laughs> wouldn't it? I agree with you. It would be totally wrong. Too many people have children as it is. Yeah. It's too many of them. And breeding like rats. We can't. You know, and, we're, and the thing is that even... People like me who think, oh, I'm going to be a great parent. I'm going mm. to be terrific. I'm such a nice guy. Mm. What a lucky child to have me as a dad. Mm. And within six years, you realise, uh-oh. <laughs> not, not so good at this. I'm an absolute prick. And now I'm going to, if, if I'm not very careful, I'm just going to pass it all yeah. on to them. Did you feel a big need for kids then? Did you get like, a, oh, I really want kids? No... No. But did your wife? Answer. 
Yes, a little bit more. She was certain, she was more proactive. Yeah. And I sort of just went along with it a little yeah. bit. But then as soon as it became a realistic possibility, I was very excited. Yeah. And now, obviously, I can't imagine life without um, my children. Mm. I feel as if I'm much happier now than I was before. Yeah. Even with all the problems that there yeah, are with parenting. Yeah, because they the chemicals in your brain, don't they? I guess so. And there is something, yeah, I mean, it is, it's deep, deep love. It's It's like when you uh, first fell in love, you Mm. know, with someone and you couldn't stop thinking about them and just the thought of them made you happy. And, Mm. but it's also like love in that it can be very painful and difficult. But then I have every sympathy with people who get fed up with being asked whether they have children and when are you going to have children and shouldn't you have children? And I'm sure that's a total wind up. I don't think... People don't normally ask me. It's only started coming up since I did Motherland. Yeah. Before that, no one asked me if I had kids, ever. It's not something I would normally ask kids? someone. I only no, ask... No, I don't. I'm barren. Happy now? <laughs> I mean, like, well, exactly. that could happen. Exactly, right. that could happen, yeah. But I wonder why people want kids. I can't th- think, why Why would you want kids? Is it... I think some people, some people genuinely say they want someone to look after them in their old age, which is terrible. Also, it's unlikely Yes, they'd be off, wouldn't they? Yeah. But sometimes I think you just want to see what you and your partner would look like. So surely just get some sort of app that would show you. <laughs> that would sort of merge the two of you and go, that's what it would look like. <laughs> Happy now? You don't need a kid. You could, you could uh, bring that out, that app. Yeah, I could incorporate it into the Adam Buxton app. Especially if you have to kind of incubate it for like nine months. That would be good. And then I, it comes out and you see what it looks like. I could do it with George Monbiot as a incentive for um, preserving the world's resources. It takes money out of your account all the time until it's like 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. I yeah. wonder if that exists. Did if you just come up with that? I, yeah. That's good. Mm. Are you doing more Motherland? Yeah. There'll definitely be another series. But it's difficult getting all the writers in one room together too, because uh, mm. they're all Sharon Horgan, Sharon Holly, Horgan Walsh. Holly Walsh, and Mr. and Mrs. Linehan. Right. Yeah, and so they're all you know successful and busy. Did you sit in on the writing sessions? No, 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 no. You've written stuff though, right? Uh, only like sketches and stand-up. I've never written a whole sitcom. Do you have any desire to do that? Yes, I do. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. That's why I'm here, ignoring what I'm meant to be doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you written a sitcom? I've tried. How do you find writing? Is it... Very, very painful and boring. Oh, when you're writing on your own, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Isn't it? It's horrible. And every decision is down to you. And after a while, you get snow blindness, don't you? You don't know. You read over something so many times that you just, you just feel numb to it all. Mm. Well, that. What about that plane? Well, I, d- I don't mind aeroplanes. You like it, an aeroplane in the background? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. Keep it real. Yeah, exactly. I see when they clip things like that out. TV and stuff. There's Leave no need. In. I know when you're filming yeah, and there's it was like a plane, plane so what? and it might be miles people away. People aren't gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna throw people, is it? No, planes happen. Yeah. Just makes it very hard to edit. That's the only thing. Mm. Uh, I've been in things. I've said, can I wear a hat in this scene? I'm like, no. And I said, why in this? of all, because you weren't wearing a hat in the last scene. <laughs> Won't people just assume that I've put a hat on? You know, who cares? No one cares. 
Do we really need continuity? People do. No, care. A continuity people are very important. Continuity people are important, and they're. It's just a bit annoying, them, isn't it? They take their jobs very seriously. Yeah. You slurped your tea on the second line, but not on the third. If you could slurp your tea between that word and that word, that would really help us. <laughs> That's right. And the line is actually, we went into the house. You yeah. just said, we went in the house. <laughs> what does it matter? <laughs> what are your top techniques for procrastination when you're writing? Um, looking at old YouTube clips of the supernatural. The supernatural? Yeah. Do you love ghosts? Yeah. I love anything. It's got to be from the 70s. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I love, like, things about quicksand. Quicksand. Ball lightning. <laughs> I mean, any of that kind of Quicksand's stuff. Quicksand's not will... supernatural. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it all kind of... I don't know why it gets lumped in with that kind of era of weird stuff. Yeah. Spoon bending. Anything weird. They just don't have shows like that Spontaneous human combustion. Cynical. Spontaneous human combustion. Squeaky doll, are you going to leave that in? Yeah, all of it. I mean, we're in we're in someone else's house and the people in the house have to be able to get on with their own lives. Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely house, by the way. Yeah, it's my friend Mark. Thanks, Mark. Um, thanks, Mark. Spontaneous Yeah, so I'll, I'll watch little clips of um, people from the 70s talking about Weird things. Mm. I love that. It's been observed before, but there isn't so much spontaneous human combustion as there used to be. Yeah, why is that? Is it something to do with... Because it was usually an old woman sat by a fire in a nylon dressing gown, smoking. (laughs) (laughs) With petrol. Yeah. Is that what it was? It wasn't wasn't always. Sometimes it'd be a young man mm -hmm. frying some eggs and it'd just leave his legs from the knee down. Right. They were amazing p- photos in those books, weren't they? Yeah, black and white, thank God. P- photo of the Yeti. Yeah, Yeti. Spontaneous human combustion. A photo of Maybe people being levitated. Orbs. Photo of sort of ghosts. Wasn't it the Enfield haunting, the, yeah. the, those girls hovering in the air? Yeah, but they were jumping. They were jumping, they were jumping, on jumping on the bed, weren't they? That's not ghosts. Do you believe in all that stuff? I'd like to say that I keep an open mind, but really... I sort of enjoy the madness of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy watching and hearing stuff like that, whether I believe it or not. I mean, do I believe in ghosts? I I did a whole radio show called Diane Morgan Believes in Ghosts, a three-hour radio show. What was in it? Ghosts. There's a lot of archive footage about people talking about what they'd seen. Yeah. We don't have any scientists on it. We don't have anyone going, well, it could have been, the, you know. It was all just people's stories. What have you seen? Toya Wilcox uh, had a dinner party where she invited Rula Lenska around. And <laughs> it's great. Rula Lenska went down to Toya Wilcox's cellar and saw these little children walking towards her, fainted. Whoa. Toya said, Rula, what's wrong? I really sort of saw these little children walking towards me. And it turns out that Toya Wilcox's house used to be used to keep the plague, plague children in, in her cellar so right. they wouldn't get out and yeah. be able to, to control the contamination. Mm. Explain that, Adam. Could it have been Toya and Robert Fripp's children? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's married yeah, to Robert Fripp, I think. She's married to Robert Fripp. Yeah. 
Fripp's a great name, isn't it? It is. So what would distract you when you're writing? Oh, my God. Everything. Mm. I mean, Food. You know. If there's biscuits, I'll eat them. Sure. Um, Food. Food. Uh, trips to the toilet. <laughs> uh, admin. Oh, admin's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, admin just leads to more admin. And, yeah. Exactly. The thing that happens to me is... I'll have to log on to some website in order to pay some bill or whatever, but I haven't got the right software to log on or I've got to get the password from some other website and so I've got mm, to... I'll forget a password and I'll have to reset another password and uh-huh. that'll drive me around the bend. I'll give you an example of one that happened to me the other day. It's not a picture of a walnut behind you. Just not. Yes. Yeah. Uh, m- maybe it's a walnut. Or maybe it's one of those fruits that ends up getting dried and put in Christmassy things. A dried like, fruit? Like a kumquat like a or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, you have kumquats in your Christmas pudding? No. Oh. I don't know what I'm talking what about. What the hell is it? It's very low down as well, isn't it? Mm. I'll take a picture of it, listeners, and put yeah, it on the website. pop it on. That. I think they'll be interested to see this. You can have a think. Um, I had to... I used to, this is probably, a, this is a story that's probably going to get cut. Yes, go on. Because it's so boring. Oh. <laughs> Very controversial. No, go on. It's so boring. <laughs> but I can't stop myself telling it to you now. Yeah. No, I'm dying to hear it All now. Right. <laughs> I've really sold it well. Um, I used to have an app that enabled me to make Wi-Fi calls. I'm in. So if I was on the Wi-Fi, I wouldn't have to pay for, for it, you know, a little bit like Skype or whatever. And then the app expired. One day they just said, oh, the app's not going to work anymore. Sorry. Bye. Bastards. If you want to carry on using Wi-Fi for your free calls, then you have to get a different tariff. So I had to phone up my mobile provider and say, OK, look, I need to shift onto this new tariff so I can make Wi-Fi calls. (laughs) I can't even believe you're saying this, can you? Like, remind me, remind me why the fuck you got me out of my house where I was writing. Just to, t- to oh, tell Oh, God. This. this is brilliant. So I phoned him up and I said, I need a new tariff because I want to make Wi-Fi calls. And I'm going to give you the short version of the story. Two hours later, two hours later, the person I was speaking to revealed to me that they had misunderstood what I was trying to achieve. And rather than changing my tariff, they had set up an entirely new phone account for me, which I started getting billed for immediately from then. And I have now had to spend some time getting the account cancelled. And that was all just because I wanted to make fucking Wi-Fi calls because the app expired. Anyway, so that shit happens. Yeah, that happens. Um, And that stops you writing. Mm -hmm. Pornography, obviously. Obviously. You spend a lot of time looking at porn. (laughs) Do you know any women that do? No, and if they do, um, they haven't told me about it. Mm -hmm. Don't discuss that. Maybe I should. It is likely that it's something that men struggle with more than women. Yeah. See, that's another reason to go to a cafe, isn't it? Yeah. Because you get faster Wi-Fi and you can look at really great porn. I went to the library once. I thought, well, maybe that's a good place to write. And there were some men there looking at, well, one man. There was a few men, but one on the internet. And he's just looking at arses. <laughs> like a full view of everyone. 
Maybe just he was arse a- after arse after arse. So I don't go there anymore. Hey, everybody in the modern time. They got to get themselves a podcast. I will do yours and you'll do mine. We're sorting out the problems of the world so fast. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire some. Um, oh God! Quick fire question. It's not Richard Herring style. Who? <laughs> You've been on his show, I've right? I've been on his show. Everyone's. Um, yeah. So you can go into as much detail or not. Oh, they've got Charbonnello Walker chocolates. Oh shit! Love those. I bought those for you. Are you joking? No. They're my favourite chocolates. You're joking. No. I went and bought you a present. No way. Because I was in Waitrose. Oh, my God. And I thought I should get Diane something. So, oh. And they had, they had a Valentine's Day display. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll see how these go down. Oh. So I got you some. Oh, my God. You describe them. Yes, I'll describe it. Charbonnelli Walker milk sea salt caramel truffles. Yeah. These are superb. I'll treat myself to these once in a while. Not all the time because they're an absolute luxury. Yeah. Have you tried the um, champagne truffles? No. Oh, treat yourself. Really? Yeah. No, are but they I'd... not too sickly? No, they're not. That's the beauty of these. They're not sickly at all. It's a little bit of salt. Mm. Did... Thank you so much. Oh, God, you're welcome. I appreciate oh, you coming here and listening I to my I spotted them. I stories. thought, oh, hello. Good. Oh, I'm so glad you what like them. What a lovely That's gift. Great. Thank you. Now, how are you going to respond to these then? <laughs> What's this? Beautiful blends, bathing petals. <laughs> oh, how lovely! They look Indulge like. Indulge yourself. Describe in a bath. them. Indulge yourself in a bath full of beautifully scented petals, leaving your skin feeling soft and your senses invigorated. Scatter the petals into the bath. Oh, this is what a lovely gift! Is that something you might actually use? I'll definitely be using these. Great. Absolutely. What's that film called? American Beauty. But like <laughs> Oh. Let's have a smell. Ah, delicious. Oh, wow. It smells like toilet cleaner. Yeah, it does a bit. What's your favourite smell? That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. I know exactly what it is. Go on. But I don't know the name of it. <sighs> Sandalwood. It might be. It might be. That's the word that was in my head, but really? I'm not sure if it is actually sandalwood. What, what does it smell like? Where have you smelt this? On men, metrosexual right. men. Yeah. My friend Ed wears it. Oh, have you never said to Ed, what's that smell? I have, but my memory's just getting worse oh, by the second. Yeah. I don't know if it's sandalwood. I also like patchouli. Patchouli, yeah. Do you, have you ever smelt Sharon Horgan? Yeah, yeah. She smells delicious. Exactly, and I everyone said, gets everyone that gets near her goes, "Oh God, you yeah. smell nice." Well, we talked about it when she was on the podcast. Yeah, I talked about it. What are you wearing? It's a blend of two, isn't it? Yeah. One of them's patchouli and something else. Thank you for these. Not at all. Yeah, she smells absolutely lovely. If you ever would see her in the street, go and have a sniff of her. A person that smells nice is a real treat, isn't it? Because it's not something you expect of people, necessarily. I hate it when you walk past someone in the street and they reek. Mm -hmm. Like they've had a bath in musk. Oh, I see too much It's usually teenagers that don't understand. um, Yeah. They're they're just trying to attract someone, aren't they? Yeah, and they just... So they think, I'll have a bath in... Splash it all over. Yeah. And you walk past them and it's sort of nauseating. Mm. (laughs) Oh, God. 
<laughs> what do you smell of? Uh, well, today I've got on um, Le Number 5. Not mm-hmm. number five, le number five. How are you spelling that? It's uh, L apostrophe, I can't remember. U-G-H. E-A-U, <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember. It's, it's the... It's E-A-U. Lo. Lo, lo, The French for water. Water, <laughs> number got, five. You've got water what, on. I've got water down number five. That's basically <laughs> what it is. It is. It's like right. a, a sort of watered down version of Chanel number five. Uh-huh. It's not as um, heady. Yeah. And what's your favourite smell, though? Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah. I bloody love jasmine. Yeah. Cannot get enough of the smell. Where do you find jasmine, typically? Do you have out of jasmine trees right. abroad, usually. So, presumably, you live in London, right? Yeah. Presumably, there aren't jasmine. too many jasmine no, trees. No, I love Turkish Delight as well. Do you? Yeah. Like Mr Tumnus. Who? In uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Is it him who loves Turkish Delight? No, it's one of the children. Oh, I don't Roland see or that. I don't, I've never seen Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a pretty good story, actually. Narnia, all that stuff. It's for posh kids, isn't it? Lion, the Witch, Come and the Come on, that's very reductive. Well, it is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, what did we have? Nothing. Kez, that's what we had. Dead bird in a bin. No magic, no sorcery. Just dead birds in bins. <laughs> I don't think anyone was stopping you from reading the Narnia stories, though, were they? No, it was my own stupid pig-headedness. Yes. <laughs> so, favourite smells is a great question, isn't it? Maybe not. Birds in bins. <laughs> Did you ever see Ring of Bright Water? Ring of... Is that a film? Yeah. No? Is it a Japanese film? No. <laughs> it sounds like a Japanese film. No, it's about beavers. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I thought if you liked Kez, then you... It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful film about nature. <laughs> Do you think Kez is a beautiful film about nature? Yeah, about the love between humans and... A boy and his bird. And birds. It's beautiful, Kez. Beautiful and bleak. Can we talk about tapeworms? Yeah, man. Have you ever had one? Never. But uh, I was reading a story about... (laughs) Did you not see this in the news? It was like uh, last week or the week before, there was a man and he went to the toilet Mm -hmm. and a tapeworm came out of his back passage. It happens. Well, he started pulling on it. Oh. Yeah. And... (laughs) Five foot six inches of live tapeworm came out of his bottom. Wow. And Are they he, really tough then? They must be tough. Five foot six. Apparently, it had been moving around in his stomach for years and he thought it was gas. Oh. So he starts pulling on At what point, when you're pulling on a tapeworm, do you go, maybe this is intestine? Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be pulling on this. Exactly. What else is going to come but out? Then he, he rolled it round a toilet roll. Took it to his GP. Is this true? This is absolutely true. Well, it was in the paper. Google it. Put five foot six tapeworm. Sadly, it died in transit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's happening more and more because people are eating sushi. <laughs> no, that's what it is. This man, he ate sushi every day. Did he? Yeah. Is that he how he got it? it? He loved it. Holy. I love Salmon's sushi. Salmon's the worst. Salmon sushi. Have you found it? Yeah, there should be a picture of it. I had a sort of close-up picture of the tapeworm's face. 
<laughs> that latches onto the side of your bowel. Isn't that awful? It's the stuff of nightmares, isn't it? Where's he eating sushi from, though? I guess that if you get supermarket you, sushi. Bad sushi, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I love sushi. I don't like sushi. For that reason? No, I've never liked sushi. I don't think we should be eating raw fish. Why? Because it's unhygienic? It or just because... feels wrong. Feels wrong? Yeah. What would you do if you're on a desert island? Cook it. Build a little fire. Uh-huh. That's a good answer. Yeah. Man pulls <laughs> five and a half foot tapeworm from his body. Doctor suggests sushi to blame. Yeah. A Fresno, California man pulled a five and a half foot long tapeworm from his body. His daily sushi habit may be the culprit. On the This Won't Hurt a Bit podcast, I'm just publicizing someone else's podcast, Dr. Kenny Ban, an emergency medicine physician from San Francisco's Fresno campus, told the stomach churning story of the patient who came to his emergency department in 2017. Ban, on the podcast, said the man came into Community Regional Medical Center complaining of bloody di- oh, man. Yeah. bloody diarrhea and asking to be treated for worms. Ban was a bit sceptical until the man showed him what was in the plastic grocery bag oh. he was holding. Oh, God. It was the worm. Oh. In a bag? That came out of your bottom? Ban recalled asking. <laughs> yes, he said. <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, it did. The man described how he sat on the toilet, at first thinking his intestines were coming out of his body. Well, you would, wouldn't you? So, he grabs what he thinks are entrails pulls and takes a look you see i don't think most people would have a tug i think they would try and tuck them in don't you like in war films i don't know i mean it's uh when guys once you start pulling yeah. there's a point isn't there where you can't put it back in i'm really sorry i brought that up i've been talking about it to everyone no one's read the story i was, I was telling charlie brocker about it yesterday yeah so don't be surprised if it becomes a black mirror okay yeah, that would be a good premise Take for a Black Mirror, though, wouldn't it? Take over the world. Internal body horror, David Cronenberg style. Did you like The Fly? Did you ever see that? Yeah, I love The Fly. Yeah. Oh, that's good, isn't no it? No CGI in The Fly. No. It's all real. Yeah. What's your favourite bit in The Fly? Where his nails come off. Exactly. Yes. That is the bit, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. That is the exact bit. <laughs> that is way more horrific than anything yeah. in any other horror film. Isn't it amazing? Body Just horror. Nail coming off. Holy Christ. Physical deterioration is something that all of us have to deal with. Mm. I suppose that's why it's so horrifying to see it in that film. Mm. I mean, getting older, it's like a kind of horror film that takes your whole life to happen. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it's sort of not worth living, is it? <laughs> <laughs> For the ending, you know. It's yeah. Like, oh, it just gets worse and worse. All right, listen, fuck it. We've... Um, <laughs> I really like how you wrap up a show. All right, listen, fuck it. <laughs> We've talked for long enough. That's what Parky should have done, isn't it? All right, listen, fuck it. Wait, this is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members' area. 
and spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Continue. Make sure the colors are right. bit more music there to fill the silence especially for diane hope you enjoyed that as much as i did diane morgan thanks diane important other news we got our taps fixed the kitchen taps which regular listeners will know were making life almost intolerably painful in castle buckles they got fixed it's amazing they got fixed over a week ago now, but every single time I go into the kitchen, it's like being on holiday on a beautiful, relaxing island because there's not the constant Eraserhead soundtrack playing that there used to be. It's almost worth it to have those problems just for the feeling of euphoria you get when they're solved. Rosie! Rosie! Come on, let's head back! We do not want to get in trouble with Mum this week. Come on. Oh, it's so muddy. Uh, Rosie, you're going to be... Ah, well done, Doglog. How are you? Where have you been? Have you been at the mud club? It's pretty crazy out there, isn't it? Right, let's head back. Mum's going to be so pleased when we turn up and you're there. And she doesn't have to go and do her high-pitched nighttime shouting routine. Right now, Adam Buxton app, bonus content news. Whoa, exciting. I was talking to Diane about Marquis Smith there. And since his death, I've been thinking a lot about him and and about the fall in general. I guess that's something that happens, isn't it, when people die, is you start reassessing what they meant to you. And I've realised what an important part of my life the fall's music has been over the years and continues to be. And it prompted me to go back and listen again to a conversation that was recorded at the Norwich Arts Festival in late 2016 between myself and Pivotal 4 member and ex-Mrs. Marky Smith, Bricks, Bricks Smith Start. She was promoting her book, The Rise, The Fall and The Rise... It was a very entertaining conversation, so I put it in the bonus audio section of the Adam Buxton app, where it will be available exclusively to app users for the next few months before it emerges as part of the regular podcast run at some point. But if you want to hear it right now for free, download the app and you will find that and other bonus podcast episodes as well as jingles from this podcast and uh, videos and oh other great great stuff there's one or two things there that you have to pay a small fee to get access to but the vast majority of it is free
Uh, now, just before I go, a couple more podcast recommendations. I'm glad that so many of you checked out those ones I recommended last week, the Fortunately Podcast and Stop Podcasting Yourself. A couple of music-based podcasts this week that I really enjoy that you might get something out of too. The A to Z of Bowie podcast, hosted by X4 member and friend of the podcast and Six Music DJ Mark Riley and journalist Rob Hughes. Big, big Bowie obsessives who chat through anecdotes and facts, both familiar and obscure, about Zavid. And it's a really enjoyable listen. I do recommend it. I find it very comforting to listen to them chatting away about about Bowie. All kind of organised in loosely alphabetical fashion. Little chunks of uh, info and stories. And the other podcast, if you're a music fan and you're interested in hearing stories. Well, I was talking to Johnny Greenwood about the whole business of analysing how songs are put together and Johnny was turning his nose up at the idea, but not all musicians are as reluctant as he is to talk about their craft. And if you like hearing that sort of thing, check out Soda Jerker on songwriting. Soda Jerker are two Liverpool-based songwriters, Simon Barber and Brian O'Connor. And they get together and conduct interviews with a load of really great musicians about the songwriter's craft. They've had some wonderful people on so far. Robin Hitchcock, John Grant, Joan Armour Trading, Sparks, Joe Jackson, Emily Sanday, Noel Gallagher, Van Dyke Parks, Cat Stevens. I haven't heard all these ones, actually. I'm going to have to look them up. They Might Be Giants, Lamont Dozier, Michelle Indegiocello. And they're really good well-researched interviews that they conduct, which I think you'll enjoy a lot if you're interested in that kind of thing. Soda Jerker on songwriting. Right, time to head back. It's cold. Thank you so much to Seamus Murphy Mitchell for production support on this episode and to Matt Lamont for his edit with Bottery. Thank you very much for downloading. Thanks once again to Diane Morgan. Until... We are next together in podcast space. Take very good care. I love you. 